for travel and mobility grants to travel to the far reaches of the art world from Helsinki, Finland to Singapore. I could use your assistance in choosing some new arts communities to visit and new people to have as guests on the podcast. I want you to be more actively involved in this podcast. You can do that by supporting our network through our Patreon account, which offers you the opportunity to help in choosing upcoming guests, cities that I should visit, and you can also give me questions that you would like me to ask future guests or that you want me to answer about myself. You can find us at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash thewisefool, T-H-E-W-I-S-E-F-O-O-L. If you like what you hear, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and please tell your friends to listen and subscribe too. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Through my conversations with the various insightful guests, I've realized that one of my many weaknesses is my lack of professionalism in my business practices when it comes to my personal artwork. So I've begun putting my artwork on sale on SachiArt.com. You can find it at Sachi, S-A-A-T-C-H-I. ART.com slash Matthew Doles, all one word. Please pronounce your name correctly for me. Michael Vigara. And where are you from? I'm from Austria. All right. And we're here at this beautiful sort of factory outside of Vienna that's your studio. And you are primarily a screen printer. Just as a little side note, is it screen printing, silk screening? Like, what's the term that's popular these days? I would call it screen printing. Screen printing. I wouldn't call my as a pure screen printer. Okay. Well, how a, would you define yourself then? I'm I'm defining myself as a fine artist working in different medias, and uh, I'm trained as a printmaker in two universities in Vienna and in London. Maybe we talk about it later. As a printmaker, you're always in a in a kind of kind of area where the people put you. It's a bit of a gray area because so, yeah. some people lump printmakers with commercial yeah. production, design, that kind of stuff, and applied arts and not fine arts. Yeah. Whereas some people see it as fine arts, you know, the Rauschenbergs, the the exactly. Sigmar Pockes, the the people that utilize it. But it I mean, oftentimes people will sort of drop you into one or the other. Yes, uh, but from my from my from my studies, I was uh, based in the fine art department, the same as the painters and the sculptors, or the photographers, and so we see ourselves when I talk about printmakers as fine artists working in different different medias because it comes from a different point of view how you look at the work you're working in. You work probably as broad as any other artists mm -hmm. or not. You know, some painters are just painters. These times, you know, it's breaking up this all these boundaries, I think. So it's the same here. It's like if you think from the point of we can reproduce images, we can re reproduce thoughts, meetings, or meanings. Mm -hmm. I would see myself as a fine artist working in different medias, 
Okay. And, and and it's it's a kind of translation process. I call myself mm. a, like <laughs> I, I come from a photography background, but now I do like collage painting and other exactly. screen printing and mm. other things involved in my work. So I, I try to say that I'm a visual artist who who source material is photography. Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of thing. like yeah. We all try and come up with like more specific titles than just sort of screen printer. It's it's too vague. It doesn't. It's not precise enough. There seems to be a movement mm. or a trend in the arts industry to be more precise yeah. with, with you know, titles and descriptions and things like this. Like I even noticed when I submit artwork for uh, exhibitions and competitions, they I can't just say pigment print. Like they want to know like pigment print on what kind of paper <laughs> yeah, and exactly, like what kind of yeah. what kind of pigments and like I mean, they they want very very detailed information and it's very. I think it's great because I'm a materials person. Like I love a good <laughs> a good paper. I love a good quality of materials and things like this. So it's an interesting mm. progression of the the industry towards a sort of specificity. That's right. That's right. That's from a from a material point of view. If you if you think you know you describe your work from this side, for example, screen printing, you can also say. For example, uh, acrylic on paper. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's the same material on on paper. Some people do it. Some artists call it. Also, gallerists call it like this, because screen printing has also, you know, from the past, you know, think about it. It can be reproduced. All my prints are unique, and it's on one off. Okay. It's like a painting. I was going to get to this question. Yeah. So, like, do you do additions? How big are the additions? But you're saying no. All no. every single piece is a one-off piece. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. And here it comes in, you know, the 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 idea of collage, mm-hmm. sampling. So some elements of this uh, images, maybe they appear in a different image right. again, but different color. So you hold like on that. to stencils and yes. you sort of reuse the stencils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, my work basically is based on this idea of translation, and and in which in which language you know visual language I translate it. I can go steps you know further and further, mm-hmm. and it it takes me to another to another you know like thinking process. For example, when I'm doing screen prints, I produce a lots of lots of. Uh, this uh, films, you know, for reproduction, mm-hmm. but they are basically left. They left over afterwards, you right? Know? Yeah, and I have the, them in a, the the films, archive. like the negatives or the stencils, the, like the actual the negatives, yeah, the negatives. Say, you know, I was say you can only have or so like, many screens. Yeah, no, no, no. The screens they are like wash off. Okay, yeah, but the negatives. Sure. I reuse them mm-hmm. in a different way, and that's why I came to cyanotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, you, can, you could also call me a photographer <laughs> because I'm technically doing cyanotypes. That, well, well, technically, <laughs> well, if you want to get technical these days, uh, the, the stenciling process is actually a photographic process yeah. as well. It's a, it's a light-based process also. So exactly, technically, yeah. all of it is photographic if you really want to get, like, you know, esoteric about the whole thing. Yes, exactly. And I'm using like mark making as well. Mm-hmm. So from the idea of drawing coming, drawing, sampling them, getting to cyanotypes, mm-hmm. and they're be- and and they're quite very expressive in the background. Uh, so the they're textures like paint- are lovely. Yeah, yeah. they li- look like painting as well a mm-hmm. little bit. So it's a mix from all these fields of in the, in the art, you know. 
Okay, so <laughs> let's take this all back a step because yeah, I'm okay. fascinated. Like how you the, you're in what looks like a really beautiful, well designed, well laid out screen printing shop art studio. Which is it? Yeah. Which <laughs> so the question is, how do you get to this, or how did you get to this? So like, let's go all the way back. Like so, how did you even get into art at all? Was it your mm. family? Was it some friends? Was it a teacher? Some life experience? Like how did you even get interested in being creative? It is my family a little bit as well as my interest as a young boy. Mm -hmm. I have two like grandfathers. They are basically both of them. They were teaching fine art ah, a okay. little bit, but not in a university, but in school. Mm -hmm. One of them was a director and he had like a fine art like class. Then my, my uncle was like a designer. He was designing patterns for... So like it was carpets. all around yeah. you. Mm. Yeah. But a little bit, not too much. You know, it was like my grandfather's, my uncle, not, but my inner family, mm. they were like supporting me, but they were not forcing it. You know, they were like, okay, you can do it if you want, but you can do other things. As most creative parents do. But I did, uh, my decision myself was like when I was 15, should I go this like, find this art path or maybe I could do, I have it, I have second life, so, as well. So I have my passion in sports as well. Oh, okay. So now, now when I was 15, I decided to do the sports first. <laughs> and maybe I can do it later as well in the arts. Well, yeah, okay, so how old are you? No. Um, if you don't mind me asking. 49. Okay. 50. Probably next year. I'm 46. Yeah. I'll be 40. Yeah, I'll be 47 soon. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's okay. You're doing far better professionally than I am uh, if, this, yeah. if you've got uh. this set up. But of course, <laughs> but I made some, you know, I was in academia and I've moved a lot and I've done yeah. all kinds of different yeah. things that yeah. I think sort of hurt my career. Like you, it seems like you have been in the same area and you sort of been building your community mm. and like you probably yeah, haven't a little moved. Bit. No, not so. No? Yeah, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Get get back Definitely. to so, so you did sport. What sport did you do? I did sport like weightlifting. Weightlifting, yeah, really? that was my like passion okay. as well. All right, we'll have to talk about a little like workout routine do. when we we're did done this. here. Yeah, yeah okay. we did this. Well, that comes from, but it's a different, different, you know, mind setup. You know, is it do this. a little bit? But I don't know. I have like an aim. I'm aiming to something. I want to want to show something as well. We now in my arts. But as well in the sports, it was like, yeah, maybe the, it is connected, but I I could never translate the sports, you know, into art afterwards. No, when I was, but well, you tried. Yes, in yeah. the beginning yeah. when I was, you know, because there were like always this idea when I was like 15 and I was 17 and I was getting more and more involved in, you know, like um, competitions and, mm -hmm. and something like that. I was going up till the world championship wow. in the, within these sports. And and then suddenly, you know, when I was like 25. You did that for a long time. That's 10 years. I did years. it more like 12 years professionally. Yeah. Wow. And um, then I was always thinking, okay, not start with, you know, like with your second passion, the arts. Mm -hmm. Because if you start, then it you know takes you over it ta takes up my my time everything you know mm -hmm. and i was like always pushing it you know ah don't don't do it don't do it you know because i was 
and I was knowing hmm. that I was it, it was it's a know, tough it's industry to choose to go into like I mean it the arts industry the creative industry mm. let's not even just say yeah. arts so the creative industry is a an industry of turmoil and I mean and and you're fraught with like self-consciousness and and then like trying and then maybe you go the other way and you're too self-confident and people think you're arrogant and like there's your reputation and then there's the inconsistencies there's the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of like sometimes you're popular then sometimes you're not sometimes yeah. you're this you know sometimes you're doing yeah. well and you've got lots of income and then sometimes you have no income I mean it's a very insecure lifestyle to choose to that's go into right. the creative fields. That's right. But at the same time, it's as, you know, much freedom and, and freedom thinking, making. And also it's like how you how you, you, you position yourself in a community or like in a socially, you know. You're defining yourself as something a little bit different, mm-hmm. but you are engaging, engaging. Art is always engaging or like dialogue, bringing dialogue, bringing things, people together. This podcast. Like you. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Which I'm aware now, when I'm, I'm within the arts now more than 15 years, and uh, I'm getting more aware of this, you know, that's, that's a treasure as well, that mm-hmm. you, it's a, this communication with, within different languages, mm-hmm. then you get together with people, you know, from all different cultures, if you're working internationally or not, you know, like it's, it's well, which it's is a, and that's another is a question. <laughs> kind of common language people mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. C- certain people, artists understand it. Maybe other other people as well. Uh, but with artists, I have a, a really nice, you know, things in common to communicate. Yeah. Even if I'm in New Zealand, like last year, mm-hmm. Mr. Maoris, nice. or with. Um, with I did some uh, collaborations with the US as well with with some artists from there or Sweden or England or whatever you know like it's bringing things um, to the point and you just talk visually with them and then is this do you understand it what I mean you know with sometimes we did some exchange mm-hmm. um, which I am not doing it so much uh, at the moment because yeah. you know younger artists do younger artists do it more yeah because yeah. it, it helps <laughs> to build your reputation as a younger artist if you're working in editions and, and series that you mm-hmm. can, you can mm-hmm. swap them easily and it's not a yeah. horrible burden on your right. finances right, right, right. but it also builds your career a little bit you know get you to uh, uh, a collector or a, or a collection or something or a, some person, mm. a curator, or something like this, that you may not have had access to. Right. Yeah. yeah right. But maybe let me f- uh, follow up uh, this idea of like uh, when I was twenty-eight. I was uh, I couldn't resist anymore. You know, this like pushing it away from me, and that's why I started um, getting more into the arts. So you didn't even it start sec- art schooling until 28? Um, no, very very much later. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I mean I, I was, was starting graduating at 28. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 30? I was done my masters by 30. I was already teaching by 30. So that's why I'm feeling always a little bit, you know, behind the, you know, career. <laughs> because I was starting making the first steps into the arts. I mean, into a different kind of mindset. A lot of artists uh, find their voice late in their career anyway. So, like, I mean, if I look back at the stuff I made when I was 25 and younger, I mean, it's crap. Mm. It's horrible. 
I mean, I would not show it now. I mean, maybe I'd show some stuff that I did when I was 30, but that would be about the beginning of like nothing before that. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. But, you know, so like fine coming late to it, no big deal. There are lots of people that come to the arts a little late, but I mean, you weren't that late. I know some people that come to arts when they're 70. So, like, <laughs> it's never too late in, yeah. in that way. If you think a little bit more in a professional way as an artist, you have to a little bit for there's similar routes for mm. artists, you know, in our system, in our art system. Well, and that's <laughs> what moment. I'm interested in learning about <laughs> your art system. So, so now you're in Austria and you're working in printmaking processes. Mm. How, how, do you have a gallery that represents you or multiple or galleries around the world that represent you? I had a gallery we were working with uh, last year in Vienna, mm -hmm. one, one and a half years, and a second gallery which is close to my place here, mm -hmm. which is a gallery they have a few artists in their program, uh, but they don't have a gallery space at the moment. Mm -hmm. They are only representing the artists at art fairs. Still pretty cool. Days, yeah. yeah. Uh, or projects, you know, it's like for artists and galleries, it's quite similar, you know, there's ups and downs you have to think about, you know, rents, studio rents, gallery rents. Cost so I'm of working with this, uh, in this, within this field with galleries there sometimes, but the, this gallery is at the moment my gallery where I'm represented by. It's called P Contemporary. Okay. Um, we can put a link to it on the website. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty happy with uh, with the representation, mm -hmm. and also I was starting quite late to making um, um, rep uh, presentations at art fairs. So, so you, so you have exhibited slash presented at art fairs your work. Yeah, since two years, but before I was always a little bit also resisting to this. I was going to say, tell <laughs> me some stories. I, I, uh, you know, I, I've talked to galleries that go to art fairs. I've talked to curators that go to find artists. But, but uh, I think you're the first artist that I've spoken to that's been at an art fair. So tell me some stories about that. About the art fairs? Yeah, your experiences of it. I mean, uh, that's... Uh, when I was setting up my studio here, since uh, it's not a... Uh, the third year at this place okay. and um, I, was th I, I, I was producing more and more galleries uh, you know suitable work mm -hmm. you have to I mean I'm working with, with prints screen prints and, and also and this Tianadabs, they need to be framed. Well, and they reasonably large this, scale. Yeah. You, you, I mean, in the grand scheme of printmaking, this is definitely what I would call large-scale work because mm. generally printmaking is smaller, like a two or smaller you're working larger ao and even bigger than that right yes also i uh, also architectural elements um so i like i'm doing uh it's called kunst am bau mm -hmm. quite that's quite large scale so that's uh in, bet in between you know I'm, it's it's very often it's uh, it's spatial work it's uh, well the glass based, work the glass do, work yeah, absolutely but also i did some carpets uh no not carpets it's called Tapestries. Um, tapestries, yeah. yeah. And they're quite large, you know, because they have to, they have to, from the ceiling sure. to, the, to the floor and so on. And these, um, yeah, I'm not afraid making big works as well. That's great. Because um, when I'm coming from my, from my studies, you know, like you have this printing press. 
Yeah, it's yeah, a little tiny large, tabletop you know, thing. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it didn't took me long in the in the <laughs> in the study to go big. And was I was going to make big prints. I did a twelve meter print. Then twelve. Mm. I was coming from woodcut, and I was saying, "Okay, I'm printing a tree. Why not?" <laughs> and that was like twelve <laughs> meter. <laughs> Oh no! It was twelve meter. There was was the tree, but I needed to cut it down to seven meter because the gallery is only seven meters wall. So yeah, it was the print was seven. Wow! <laughs> so yeah, that was my large scale. Well, you think idea. big, that's for sure. <laughs> so okay. So but back to the the art fairs. I'm interested art in fairs, like, yeah. so ex- yeah, your yeah. experiences. The first art fair was very su- successful. I had m- with my uh, last uh, gallery, which last was year, what which fair? was uh, the art fair Vienna, the Vienna Art Fair. Vienna Art Fair or Vienna Contemporary? Not the Vienna Contemporary. Vienna. We had a we had a, the Vienna Art Fair was like it was February last year, mm-hmm. and it was from my point of view quite successful because you know successful means you you sell things. And people uh, define successful. People, I mean, if you, if you had met some curators that got you into a museum, that could have been that. a def- definition of success also. And so. also watching, you know, the from from distance, you know, watching people passing by the work, mm-hmm. then they were like stopping. That's also something which I kind of really, really like. Because oh, then it's, it's, you know, you know that. Absolutely. Uh, so that's what I mean. People stop. Uh, talking about it and then it's not just a pass by mm-hmm. and then on top of it you know sometimes it happens that it can you can sell a piece as well so you <laughs> so you were successful in selling work so this is your first art that fair. was the first art fair and this, people bought yeah that's great the second one was not that successful because we had you know but it was similar you know people were stopping mm-hmm. talking about it you had, you got a good conversation with with uh, with the audience, with visitors, that's that's um, what I think, which which is very very important to make people think about it, talk talk about it, and uh, you get in the in a into a conversation. Now you work reasonably, I would call it sort of somewhat conceptually. Mm, okay. Yes. Within the realm of the conceptual, I have this sort of long-standing opinion. So mm. bear with me on this. When people work conceptually with their imagery, oftentimes they have to do have a very strong concept behind the work. So, i.e., the artist statement that goes with it needs to be convincing and compelling, in some way engaging kind of thing. How important do you do you find that like so that you write those? I assume yes, you write your own. You don't hire a crit a curator or anybody to write them. You write them yourself. What What do you mean? Write my Artist statements. Yeah, I write them myself. Yeah. Okay. Do you find that people care? <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. we put a lot of time and effort, all of us as artists, like, we put a lot of time and effort into making our work. And then these days in the industry, it's we have to put a lot of time and effort into writing about our work. Yeah. And, and it's like, does it really matter? You you learn this in the, in the, in the, um, art school you know if you <laughs> if, if you're at a good art school <laughs> yeah i had a pretty good 
ones. Not everybody does. But these days, it's more like in, in art school, there's more focused on it, on the writing as well. But I think it needs a really good balance between these two. Of course. It's not, it's not either or, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Some art... Uh, works they need this statement otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't get it yeah I generally find like <laughs> the more conceptual the more abstract the visuals are the stronger this statement needs to be in order to create a more of an engagement in the abstraction or the, yeah. the concept I think it's not working if you own I mean there was a time in arts, you know, yeah. where it was only, you know, writing about the work as well. well. And there was a time in art where there was no writing. <laughs> no writing. You just made beautiful yeah. things and said, hey, this is my beautiful piece of art. There. Yeah. I, sometimes uh, I talk with, uh, with artists who are much older than me, you know. They're coming from a time where it was not allowed to be, you know, when, to be next to the workmen. When, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because that must be by its own, you know, and so on. Well, and that's sort of how I grew up. Like, <laughs> mm. well, because, see, because, like, I was in art school 20, 25 years ago, and I was being taught by teachers who had been taught 20, 30 years before that. So, like, the things that were passed on to me were realistically 40 to 50 years old. Yeah. So, like, I was brought up with the idea of you put your piece on the wall and it shouldn't need anything. That's right, yeah. You can put a title on it. The title can give some context for it, but that's it. And if it doesn't, if it's not successful in expressing its idea without you standing there to defend it, then it didn't succeed. That's right. That's a statement. <laughs> but then the art changed. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like now we <laughs> as artists have to either do ourselves some sort of written statement or find a, a writer or a curator or something to write for us some statement to make the work more compelling or convincing or whatever <laughs> don't know what the word is it could be a trick as well you know if you if you hire someone who who writes about about the statement mm -hmm. it's 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 quite good from from my point of view it's quite good if you if a writer writes about from his perspective or her perspective on on the work because that makes opens up my thought about the work as well you know how other people see it, how other people from a different, different, you know, kind of background sees it. Yeah. Even if it's an art historian, sees it absolutely from a different point of view. Oh yeah. Which is quite nice to get to get this dialogue as well. Sometimes I, I'm quite happy with a text from someone else who thinks, who sees things in it which I haven't seen, mm -hmm. which. Um, I have quite a lot of examples of it because I would like when I'm I did my artist in residence soon after my studies, you know, it's like like it's now ten years ago in Australia. They saw it differently. They were writing a bit about it oh. in this, uh, and I, uh, that opened up also my thought about it. But then I'm going back, you know, in myself things what because they need also a starting point. Sure, they need a point like. What is it, you know? Like a little bit. Something to, yeah. to break down that barrier of entry. Just, just a, a, something to contextualize the work. Some way to approach it kind of thing. So just like a little something. Like I call it like an olive branch. Like, like a little something to just say, come on in. You, you can understand this. It's fine. If you work as an, as, from my point of view, as a trained artist, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we were like uh, forced to think about what we are doing because the, the process 
is so broad, you know, and some and technically as also as well. And lots of planning ahead of time before and you even start. And that could be a trap for a printmaker to just to be in this technical, you know, process-based things, and that and that's the content of the work. But it isn't. You have to go beyond this. And, and and talk about about the contents of the work itself, mm-hmm. but also have to you have to have the knowledge. What what happens if you translate it? That's why I, I call it a translation process. Mm. Some people like call me a really conceptual artist, even if it's like a handcraft base as well. So it's between concept and the craft. Well, I, I feel like a good piece of art the, these days, and I have to say like these days, a good piece of art has to be balanced. So mm-hmm. it has to have a strong concept and also, and from my personal opinion, needs to be somewhat aesthetically engaging. So I'm not going to say it has to look good, but it has to be aesthetically engaging. It has to grab your attention. And then the concept has to be sort of equal to it. And when, when you can find that balance of those two, you found that little magical. Thing. It has different layers where you can you, where you can bring your the the fuel into it into the work. Like mm-hmm. even if it's in your in your mindset in your thought or in his thought, you know, it opens up. It has to be a little bit open, mm-hmm. but also have to have this intensity, like like our world a little bit. It's a it's a different translation of the world how we see it. The world like it's, it's perception how you bring it in a different world and even if it's an art for that's a different setting than my experience from from the other exhibitions i did before more than 10 years more like in museums more like in art even if it's uh, if it's like um, like a conference where or like it's uh it's in different uh, art schools you know, i had this uh, residences which i'm university you know yeah so you have some experience different. So you've done some residencies yeah. in New Zealand, you said. Any others? Recently in New Zealand, where I was working in a gallery with a, it's a artist-run gallery, but it's very open and also uh, uh, print print uh, related facilities. Uh, oh, yeah, they had the facilities uh, for you. Yes, yeah. uh, but I did mostly like cyanotypes there and research on, on patterns uh, from from the Maoris. Sure. Because I'm interested in how we translated this, their, you know, their knowledge, sure. indigenous in, languages, into, visual into our, stuff, into yeah, my, my heritage. Well, my my uncle was also uh, designing patterns, so and I was translating it, you know, in between, from from this um, um, like foreign, like foreign <laughs> uh, visual language for me, you know, yes. like for me, indigenous language into into. A, into a historical language from from Vienna, you know how how he where he was taking his sources, and then um, it's uh, like a spatial outcome mm-hmm. for my for my glassworks uh, or how with me, which meanings a pattern can create in a space uh, and how and why I'm using this or this type uh, f- f- for creating something okay. for. A, I have a question. Nuts and nuts and bolts, sort of like yeah. the, the working part of this whole thing. Residencies. Residencies. Everybody wants them. I want them. So the the when you when you when you even start saying, okay, wait, I want to do a residency. Sort of what what kind of process did you did you look for a location 
like was that your primary thing did i say did you say i want to go to new zealand what residencies are in new zealand or did you say i want to find a residency where there where i can work with an indigenous tribe and then try and seek out a residency like that like like what was the avenue to change seek yes, the right one it changed over time soon after my studies which was 2008 in Vienna, I was like, oh, I have to do Wait, something. Wait, you st- ended your studies in 2008? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. <I> feel, <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I feel it. so behind. Like, you are far, far, farther ahead really? than okay. I am. Like, wow. <laughs> okay. Mm, yeah, I've, I feel a bit a little slow because, you know, I'm not. I need your but energy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, okay, now I have to do something in the professional artwork outside, you know. Because that's why uh, why I was studying, you know. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have to do it. So yeah, and then I I was applying different. I was I was looking up, you know, like uh, what opportunities offers, you know, uh, this or that, or what 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 could suit me myself, you know, uh, or my work, you know. It's like more like how to do I bring my work, you know, to life after after studies outside because within the university it's uh, then you do your fine your fine art project yeah. you do the, your diploma and uh, you're pushed you have a, like competition you have grades you have assignments you have due dates and then suddenly you leave school and you're like oh okay yes then what's next yeah. you know well, like, okay. where's my motivation i have to be self motivated at that it's point it's always it's... always the case you know i mean let me Studio setting up a studio is also an issue for mm. young artists as well. Um, uh, but I was focusing. Okay, now I have this free time. I can I can switch. I can. Uh, I wanted I wanted to to see things in the world, work with other people. I was very very much very very often I did like uh, collaborations <laughs> with other artists, exchanging ideas, exchanging images, exchanging things. Uh, also in in the work itself it was very very uh, communic communication mm-hmm. with people it's also coming from this translation process yeah and then um, i applied to different different opportunities of course you don't you don't get everything <laughs> yeah i was gonna say okay wait so how many did you apply for to get one like like what's your ratio like because because i always wonder this because like how much time and energy do we as artists have to put into potentially getting a residency that we mm-hmm. will actually get one residency? I think I was pretty, pretty busy after my studies. I think I did 18, um, 18 applications. Applications to get one, your first residency. Um, no, I did get uh, three opportunities okay. well, out that, of it. Okay, so one out of yeah. every five then. That's pretty yeah. good. But um, the first 11, they didn't. Uh, get back you know so i i'm thinking okay if i would have stopped after the 10 you know i would be screwed yeah you would have given up but i didn't know you you don't you don't give up because it's like well my my issue with the whole residency granting all this kind of stuff where you like write these applications and then and then you submit them and the problem that i have with them and keep in mind this is because i I haven't done a lot of them over the course of my life as many as i I should do more (laughs) But the you submit them and you get one of two answers, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get a yes, you don't know what you did right that made it so you achieved this goal. If you get no, 
they don't often tell you what you did wrong. So you that's don't right. know how to do it better. That's right. And that's difficult for me because like, I want to get better. Mm. Like I want to know what I did wrong. I do lots of things wrong. I mean, this whole podcast is basically about how I've done my whole <laughs> life wrong. Yeah, so like, okay. so, so like <laughs> I do lots of wrong things. But I, but I'm very good at learning from my mistakes, and I, I think all artists are. I mean, we we all we do. make lots of failures, but we learn from our failures. So, mm. But in the granting and the residency process, there is no ability to grow from your failures because you don't get feedback. You don't get feedback. That's right. You don't get feedback. Sometimes, if if you get there, then you, it happens. Sometimes you talk yeah, you to can people. Talk to them, yeah. Some sometimes they tell how how the process was. Sometimes not. Now you cannot learn from your failures, uh, but you can try it again. You can do it better. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as I, I was thinking, it was becoming more after studies, uh, writing about my work, putting things together, putting uh, projects together, ideas, you know, proposals, and all this kind of stuff. It was becoming pretty my my thinking about. Uh, it's almost like I'm making art. The proposal. I saw it as a. I produce a little piece of of work mm-hmm. as a proposal, as an idea, and it's one. It's not lost, you know, because I, I did the idea, the base, the first step was done. It was for me like the idea of I'm producing new work all over the time. It's a nice way to yeah. think about it. It makes it less <laughs> painful to have yeah, to do. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, okay, the writing is an element of the art itself. It's a, it's a, the the the, the testing the or the theory the research even the it's research about it that's very nice it's researching it particularly if you make a piece uh not a piece of work like an application for Mm -hmm. for a residency it's basically you also get familiar to to different places where you imagine what you could do there Mm. like for example you imagine my 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 thing my my research was was about Australia. How, what is it? I haven't been there. It was a resident. The first residency was uh, in Australia at the RMIT and um, in Melbourne. And uh, we do have a program, uh, residency pro- program, in Vienna, in in, um, in in Austria, in Lower Austria, where I was based. You know, as an artist, mm-hmm. and that was a, a artist residency program from Lower Austria, which. Austria seems to me to be incredibly supportive of artists. Yes, in comparison to you know other parts of the world. Yes, so so that's that's quite a good thing about it. Privileged in a way as an artist to live here. Absolutely. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to miss all my my contacts, my experiences. I was living in 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 London as well at two years and making art. Uh, it's a different different attitude. If, uh, it's a little bit more pressure. I there. hear this. Uh, yeah, people say this a lot. You can make pretty good work um, here as well in Vienna. So it's uh, it's very supportive. It's you can you have an, enough galleries to go. You have a lot of you know artists friends where you can talk to. It's um, it's a good community here for art i heard uh, from galleries <laughs> or from other artists they moved back to vienna from from berlin because it's pretty good to work here yeah and to live here as an artist i um, nobody has said mm-hmm. anything really negative about working here yeah 
Not really. I mean, maybe <laughs> a little bit, but I mean, not, nothing, nothing as dramatic as like when you hear like artists in London complaining or artists in New York complaining or anything like this, like they have sincere complaints, but like some of the stuff here is it's little things, you know, but v- VAT differences, yeah. things like that. But of course you have to think internationally here as well. And that's, that's something which some some artists are doing it as well, very good. Mm-hmm. Some not. Some more like staying locally. So what it's do you? Same. What have you chosen to do with your career? Are you choosing to stay regional? Let's call it, or are you trying to aspire I'm more, to? Um, I'm more both <laughs> to say um, artists uh, and 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 know me here. Galleries some know me here, uh, but also I'm doing half and half like internationally mm-hmm. because you know of all my travels I did from my studies beginning to now maybe you know because I was studying in London before I did a, a really nice you know this Erasmus uh-huh. exchange yeah. within oh. Europe which is very good uh, for within within the studies it's I, fascinating I really good because really I, I hear about people doing erasmus so like mm. the universities you learn you you take classes from basically will send you to new york or london or other foreign locations at, as part of your studies like that's exactly fabulous. and and you come back after this you know okay. experience like a half year or a year you come back with so much you know like in, uh, exp- uh, impressions and and experiences i but did you can when i was in school where, actually I d- london actually i went to I london did, uh, i did oh it's good where, which university Yulu. okay yeah good. yeah it wasn't an art school it was still just a general school i was okay. a psychology major um, for my first ah, two years good. of school and so i went to yulu and then i actually did a study abroad in belize as well mm-hmm. but that was just drinking that's, ah, that's, that's all okay. we did there it was lots of drinking <laughs> wow good <laughs> yeah good rum down there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i did it uh i did it in um dublin at um at the ncrd that's i'm still in contact with them even if it's like 12 years ago. Well, and this is the <laughs> thing that thing. like, you know, again, like I made a lot of mistakes in my career with things and I'm learning now the stupid mistakes that I made, which is one of them is, is of course, keeping in contact with people. Like the, the, everybody you meet, everybody you work with, like keeping up with them is very important. I mean, it's not like literally like write them every week or anything like that, but just once a year just like hey what are you up to you know just keeping in touch is yeah. incredibly important in the arts yes that's true and because it's so personal sometimes you work with people together you know, in the art school um you you was in a group in a peer group also with the with the professors and so on why not stay in contact with them mm-hmm. and if how how could it i mean today is it not so 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 difficult with all this social media and so on but it's not that so, uh, personal sometimes i'm sending out like um, doing decent ex- exhibition this is what i was doing from the beginning you know i was always sending out exhibition and i saw it like i'll i'll send you a postcard i'll send you hey i'm still alive right and that's that's it it's, yeah, yeah? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, why it, not? It, yeah. Well, it seems like you have a little bit of a business mind in you. Like you're not, you know, you're not like the flighty, crazy uh. artist. Like <laughs> you, you. I mean, I'm looking around your studio. You're very organized. You seem very methodical. Like you've got a little bit of that business and marketing aesthetic in you. Since uh, since I did this project, uh, well, it was a funded project. Uh, within, uh, well, I was printing on glass now, uh-huh. doing works. Also, I work with other artists together within this studio because why? Sometimes I'm not using it uh, the facilities just for my own. Or maybe I open it up for other artists oh, as nice. well. Sometimes they come, and I see it as a nice exchange. I do this since. Uh, after my studies, uh-huh. was printing for other artists as well sure. sometimes, and I saw it more like okay, this is something an exchange with. I can I can I can give you my experience, you know, my experience as a as a or printer as well. Access to the equipment that you simply can't afford due to whatever reason. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's one point of view, you know. Then I also said to have to take care about my <laughs> paying my rent. You sure. Know? That's why I have to. I have to think about it's a decision to set up a studio as big as this is, you know. Well, and <laughs> what well, and you were mentioning, okay, wait, so you mentioned a funded project that was a funded project, uh, but funded it was by, a, and that's why the business comes in, yeah, uh, by the Vienna Business Agency, Agency, yeah. And wait, you have a you have a business agency that funds art projects. No, they just fund a business-based project. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. So you. But so they have a but one particular program where they fund creative projects. Okay. And that was an in-between. It was between business and arts, which is a weird combination, isn't it? <laughs> Not at all. No. It well, my point. It shouldn't be weird. <laughs> It should be fine. It, they should work together. They should because I mean, all businesses need creative people. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, even if it's a banking or finance, they still need creative thinkers in those fields as well. I mean, creative people are involved in the production of everything, whether it's design or or the logos or the you know just just somebody who thinks outside the box kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, every company needs a creative person. So. I don't see a problem with business and creativity being hand in hand. That's why I saw. I was thinking. I saw. My, I see myself like uh, in this tradition of like Wiener Werkstätte, arts and crafts movements from okay. from the past. You know, why not uh, bring them together, applied art to fine art, and in between arts and design. You know, like this always a little bit the boundary. It's like. They can that that that's not a, a str- like a, a bound a boundary like either or it's like moving a little bit and I I see myself as well between this like within this field I don't define myself as a I'm not I'm I'm not doing a commission you know I'm I'm not or I'm I'm just in within you know I'm just doing a fine art project and 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 then working but if you work with the galleries it's similar you know it is so so when you okay so you just set up this shop that we're in for three years ago you said three years ago yeah (laughs) 
when when you did it because i mean i'm looking at it and i love it it's beautiful it's it's very well kitted out like you got all the nice equipment you got the you know good amount of space you even one of the things that i always wonder about especially when people work large scale works like yours is you know on, I know, I know, like stone sculptors and stuff. That's different. I know. But like, <laughs> your large scale within works on paper storage. Like, what, what you know, the the difficulty that artists have that we're like, whenever we produce an art piece of art and it doesn't sell immediately, we then have to are obligated to store it somewhere. That sucks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I do have a storage room. Down, down in the other floor. Oh, you have another storage room that I haven't <laughs> yeah, yeah. seen. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I have the other floor. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's one thing. I hope was also a colleague artist and my partner working across the studio, mm -hmm. and, and they have other studios here as well. So we were setting up a little bit of uh, like a, a print center. Okay. And the storage. Um, when I was, I, w I was working quite three uh, D when I when I was like uh, like a few years ago. That example is the is the chair over uh -huh. there, which is a printed chair, which is a paper object. Oh, yeah, it's a, okay. Uh, it just appears at real, but yeah. it isn't. You know, this, I it assumed is it was. A, I was I was looking at it, going like, why is he have a chair? And I did many of these sculptures. You know. And what do you Where do with them? It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I know a guy in Prague. He, he does, like, monumental st stone sculptures. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't sell all of them. But, you know, so he sent, puts them out on exhibition, but then they come back. And he has to pay tens of thousands of euros a year to just store these things. Yeah, then art gets expensive well, just that, by having it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, I mean, the price of his piece is basically the longer he has to store it, he's now got to increase the cost to the market, to the buyer, because they, he's got to recoup the cost of having stored it for 10 years for that kind of money. That's why I I was quite happy to working in the field of print. Yeah. Because you we know, can I can roll, roll it up in up. a tube and it's very small. And when I did the paper sculptures, I was kind of creating a system to refold them that, that, because they are folded sculptures. Right. And fold them so again you can unfold and them roll flat. them. Yeah. yeah, roll them up. Wow. But I did quite really large scale, like a bus stop in paper. In paper? And for like four meters. And even where bigger is that things. stored? <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> no, I mean that was like a temporary uh, installation within the gallery or within within the Künstlerhaus. It was in Vienna and Künstlerhaus was like at the Triennial. It was, um, but you know how to store them? I document them, and it is now in my publication. That's why getting into this idea. Uh, to publish more work as well within publications and that it gets an afterlife but it becomes something like a new life right okay so now <laughs> you also yeah you brought out i see two books here yeah then i i'm fascinated <laughs> again like everything your, your entire life is fascinating to me <laughs> so, the, did you self-publish these books did you have a publisher did what was it through a, an institution that somehow supported the it? first like, book was through an institution and mm -hmm. i was quite lucky to get this uh this I was say, that's collaboration yeah. it was my former uh, university the university of applied arts mm -hmm. who um are publishing books for artists sometimes that's for associated alumni. with mac museum right it's 
close the same to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah like but the MAC is the museum and the Angewandte University of Applied Arts yeah. is like... I went to the Corcoran School of Art, which mm. was in the basement of the Corcoran Museum of yes, Art. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Quite good, yeah. So, and that offered me the opportunity to publish my, like, ten, the first 10 years of my career within, like, a monograph. Wow. Okay. And then your second publication, which is your newer is, one, is the that's the that's the recent one, mm -hmm. and it is uh, about the glass project. And it that that's also like a hybrid. That's an art book, artist book, but also has this like business uh, promotion promotion touch yeah. about what products. If you if you would call like the samples mm -hmm. products, like my palette, not my color palette. Uh, printing on glass and so on, um, so you can you can view them at the first few pages, and mm -hmm. then it turns up, and also the paper changes, you know, from from uh, glossy to we all, Yeah, we all. And then you know, like material. this, and and then it gets like um, like an art book. And so, was this self-published or was this published? No, by that was within within the funded project, right? Where I was um, also. You know, like it's a research, then it's production, then it's a traveling residencies, where I was traveling to New Zealand, to England, to art uh, schools as well, but also to fairs, you know, about glass and so on. And and then I did presentation and the publication. So that was like the last one and a half year, basically, wow. uh, working for. And uh, and the book is now like uh, documenting it, uh, yeah, hmm. bringing things. You mentioned something before we started recording, which was about your sort of your research of how of materials and like specifically the glass project, like having to yeah. test and and figure out how to make it work and how the the materials blend or don't blend or whatever kind of thing. Mm. How long does it take you to like? So let's say let's take the glass project as an easy mm. one because you you know it and you've done it. How long did it take you from the beginning where you said I want to do this? And then all the different testing where you got no good results before you got a good result. I'm working with the last three years I was working in class. Yeah. The last one and a half years I was doing this project. Mm -hmm. So I had a little, little bit of experience before. So one and a half years more or less of testing before testing. you got to one and a half years of, of good quality output. Yeah. If you say so, but there's always some mistakes happening. It, uh, oh, yeah. but it's getting better and better the more you do. Like, yeah, the first steps were like uh, bringing ideas together, glass, then traveling, looking at pigments, what's available, what's what workshops, you know, how, which components we could you could because it's not just printing on glass. It's also you have to burn them. You have to you work with like firing you know it's like i have to uh, to have access to workshops which i have the facilities for 600 600 degrees they have to melting in into the glass it's not just oh, um, so you're fusing the I'm stuff i'm fusing them okay. as well so so that has a now, now i was setting up a really good network to work with different companies together i was gonna say i'm sure it took artists. time to find like the right glass like yeah. just literally the glass yeah. itself, because like glass is not glass. There are so many different ch types of glass and materials of glass and thickness of glass and density of glass and all these kinds of things that most people don't think about. 
but artists think about these things. So, but w- what I'm trying to do is through this because people listening, artists, they might yeah. they, a lot of artists, especially the younger artists these days, they think like everything's so fast, everything's immediate. Like, oh, every every piece of my, I make is a masterpiece. Like, uh-huh. No, sometimes it takes a year and a half in your case of just trying and testing and practicing before you even get to a good result, a outcome that is that's right good enough to show to the public basically that's uh, that's time consuming cost consuming as yeah. well for the glass project i did like 400 pieces 400 examples before i got got to know you know how the reaction of all these wow. different materials are working together and the idea is for what i'm using them you know for like bigger art projects mm-hmm. now this experience I'm using them for Kunstanbau at the architectural elements, for example. There are so many glass architects. Why not bring images on it or working working with within? Mm-hmm. I'm working now with uh, with architects as well together. You know, bring things, and that's my knowledge about different types of surface, different types of materials. I think uh, that's quite a need at the moment where everything gets digital, everything gets, you know, like flat. I'm not against the new technologies. I'm integrating it. I did also examples with digital printed glasses, Mm -hmm. but I'm fusing them together with all technologies. So it's like all this mix. I I think it's really treasure to have all these things together. But how to bring these things in one piece again. Well, you also live yeah. in a region that has a great history of these kinds of things, like the craftsmanship yeah. and things yeah. like this that are around here that like in America, eh, some places have craftsmanship. You, were, you mentioned new technologies and old technologies and mm-hmm. stuff like, so I'm always of course interested in social medias and, and, mm-hmm. and these kinds of technologies as far as um, reaching a wider audience kind of thing. So do you utilize any social media? Yeah, yeah. Does it work for you? It worked in a way a different, you know, they have different social media types, you know, you have this, it's pretty fast, you know, changing. I started with Facebook, of course, you know, it's a social we all media. Did. Yeah. Well, actually, we, some of us started with MySpace, but yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, from, that was the time when I was going to residences, you know, staying in contact with friends, with people. And yeah, that's why I was starting in, in, in Melbourne with the, with the, the opening up my <laughs> social media, mm-hmm. my Facebook account. And now it's more like Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's become good, the primary visual yeah. arts thing. Which suits me more because, you know, talking through images, that's basically my language. Right. And so that works pretty well and it's uh, it the reach it, the reaches of uh, of of like like a post which you do it's pretty more i think it's it reaches more interesting people not not <coughs> interesting our people they they look at it you know maybe it's a different algorithm also that you maybe what kind of people see it or or not but for me that um, these two working quite good mm-hmm. well together I use it in a different way of course on Facebook I see it more like it's it's more it's it's weird but it's more personal for me <laughs> it looks more personal for me it is oh yeah. I, uh, Facebook is far more personal than Instagram is Instagram is 
literally like just simply by its design it's the prominent element is yeah. the images not a conversational thing like that's not the yeah, prominent part yeah. of the app facebook is reasonably prominent on conversations like you can literally see them easier exactly and, and engage yeah. in them easier yeah and that's what you can like it's tell a story you can you things like that but i'm not using it too often you know i'm not there was a time when when i'm traveling of course i want to tell you know what i'm seeing it's i'm using more like regularly and now i using it so quite quite few you know right but then maybe it comes to time again you know where i feel like more i have to i have to i have to talk about what what's happening and so like on. when you have an exhibition coming up something or like, like that. Oh, it is different you know it, ch- it changed a little bit but on Instagram, you can post, you know, like uh, you can add an image, you can you can you can show it. I see it more like a like a collection of images. It's built up. Um, that's quite quite nice. It's it's there. It offers opportunity, and people can look at it from mm-hmm. all different kind of you know, even if they are not connected to you. But you have these things of hashtag. Well, I quite I quite like these ideas, you know. Do you use uh, maybe hashtags? I use yeah. I use them from time to yeah. time. I'm not. I don't know if I'm good in yeah, it, I'm but not you know, I don't know. But I like the visual style mm-hmm. on on Instagram. So, so yeah. Instagram for you, you feel is a way to connect with potential people to see your works. Do, has it ever translated to any sort of a sales or an opportunity? Not as as I use it. Mm-hmm. I think you have to think. I know people are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. To use it in this way, right. to use it like in a business business style, you know, like a shop or something. But I think the approach is you have to to, to 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 approach it differently, as I do. Okay, I I'm just showing a little bit of uh, as, uh, because I also have a website, you know, mm-hmm. and from the website it's like more like um, the the first few of. Overview, overview of my work because uh, my studio is also like um, yeah I call it now it's my atelier uh, and uh, and this is how it translated to you know to the to the different types of uh, digital medias so the website is one layer and then you can you can have a lot little bit of inside view and like processes then you get to Instagram or to um, Facebook and on Instagram you also see like how work is done mm-hmm. so that's not triggering someone who who want to see the finished piece to buy it you know click on it okay. and so I you buy really it. use it yeah. sort of more as a personal expression or just sort of behind the scenes a very personal sort of experience of your experiences that lead up to yeah. the things on your website yeah that's how i use it and also you show uh exhibition views you know and all this kind of, of course. Uh, kind of stuff if i would uh use it like um, like as a shop you, know, you have to have products on it and the button where you can buy oh, it but you can't put that button until you have like ten thousand followers or something like this like there's a there's a know, rule about like being yeah. able to do that shopping mm-hmm, button mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. anyways yeah all kinds of rules and algorithms that create things that we have no control over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's why galleries comes uh, comes quite good into play. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, professionally, you know, 
having their space, having these things set up where you can sell your things, you know, through a gallery. I think that's quite a good, still a good idea for artists. I'm a huge fan of galleries. I would Mm. love to have a gallery. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) I don't currently have a gallery, and I'm so there you go. (laughs) So any galleries listening that want to represent me, I'm available. the yeah the it, it's tough to get a gallery though i mean it, I know, it, yeah. it, it cre- it's it, uh, people often talk about like the relationship of a gallery to an artist is is kind of like dating basically like you you got to find the right people that have the right uh, similar interests similar intentions kinds mm-hmm. of things like and it's very difficult to find a good relationship with a gallery but it's easy it's easy to find a gallery it's easy to find, hey, yeah, but, but it's have hard. to suit you. Yeah, as but well. it's very Both. difficult to find a good gallery that will That's grow right. with you and really help your career and all yes. this kind of stuff. Yes, but maybe it changes as well. I like there are a few galleries, even the younger galleries, they're more working with different, different, different artists. Like it, it changes a little bit faster than it was in the past. I it does I feel like, like the this. galleries are moving faster. Mm-hmm. Like. I remember when galleries would literally have the exact same 10 artists for decades and nothing would change. And they yeah. would just continually, every two years, there would be an exhibition of each of their, their artists and that, and that's it. And like you knew exactly what they were. They were always like that. I mean, for better or for worse, you know, like that's what they were. This is our time, you know. It, it It's more, more changeable, more flexible, not so secure if you want you know for a, you can you just i have my gallery or something you know and then oh. it's done you know for the next 20 years no ah, that uh, would be nice though <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> that's why you know uh, every year i'm doing every year like thinking okay what what's next you know but that's always our question isn't mm-hmm. it isn't it what is suitable, you know, for what is interesting, what's uh, not what is needed for the other, what it's what what the work itself leads myself. It's like I feel it as a as a path which which uh, I'm on a track. I don't know where it leads me, but it's very very interesting. What comes next? Well, <laughs> and that leads to like a, a thing that I wonder. Like, do you set goals for yourself? Do you say like, okay, in the next two years, I want to achieve this an exhibition at a X institution, or I want to be able to afford X, you know, new studio or new equipment? Like, do you set goals? Or sometimes yes. Yeah. Sometimes yes. Like sometimes you want to have not. this book produced, kind of thing. Of course, like, like, uh, the book, the the big the the. The monograph it took me two years to make it. Right. So if I haven't, you know, the, like kind of an idea of what I want to achieve, um, it always ends. We would end up chaotic. Uh, well, but what I mean is, is like, I'm so open. I'm so open. What, 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 what the opportunities offers hmm. me, or what the work, and I'm open and flexible where it leads. It and maybe it leads to some some point where I haven't thought about it. But also I was I was setting up not a point as a goal, but like an area. Right. <laughs> Something like this. Or uh, even if I want to to show my work abroad, you have to know, you know the same with a, with a, with an artist in residence. <laughs> to go back, you know, I was talking before. Mm-hmm. You have to apply. You have to, you know, it's like kind of a goal. But that's a that's a, a minor goal, you know. It's like you apply now, 
and then maybe next year you get this or not. Well, that's. I, mean, <laughs> I had this conversation on and on about the idea of what, what defines success like mm. in an artist's career. You know, like uh, I always, I often have this conversation of like, if you had the choice of being famous, but you will not be able to sustain your l income for your career. So you'll be famous, but won't necessarily make money. Or you get the option of making money consistently, th consistently throughout your career, but you will never be famous. Which would you choose as an artist? That's a tough question. It is a tough question. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. I was just making my work. Uh, of course, I mean, successful would be, you know, that uh, your work can be seen as many mm -hmm. as people uh, and and also reflect on it. Maybe it's maybe it's an idea. Maybe or maybe people uh, can get something out of 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 it mm -hmm. for themselves. Sure. And. Uh, and the more the more you can reach that's i think that's it's not the the number of people but the the quality of what what gets out of the, of the work itself and famous um i i don't know maybe it's just uh, a thing uh you reach a bigger audience well like <laughs> me when i started this <laughs> podcast i had this horribly arrogant idea like my my definition of success was to be in the history books that's what i wanted to be i wanted to be an example of a movement or a style or a time period whatever mm -hmm. i wanted to be have my name and my work in the history books these days i'm not sure if that's so important to me anymore yeah that's um that's something yeah that's something but maybe it's the the path uh the experience the the trace what you're leaving in a way maybe that's uh, similar that's I can I can answer from the sport point of view mm. <laughs> bring it all back together yeah, because uh, the sport is also you know what is success you know mm -hmm. is it successful that you you winner you on the on the first you know and right. on, on on the on, on on the top you know or is it successful that you you motivate yourself and that you're getting a little bit better than the last competition. And also they are they are the winners, you know, they they were competing against themselves because that's weightlifting as well. Mm -hmm. Competing against yourself as well. And the, it's the, like, the abilities of your own body. Yeah, it's not the you know, the top, but it's the more you motivate yourself and you win again against yourself from the past, like you make an, a new a record personal record mm -hmm. it's my, maybe more successful than you do no personal record and you're a winner at the, in the end you know it's like something like that <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> okay well thank you very much for your time thank you